Hello and welcome to the CGF podcast. My name is Louise Chester. I work in the communications team at the Consumer Goods Forum and this is the latest episode in our second season of the podcast where we delve behind the scenes of our work and we share our thoughts on the challenges facing our industry, the planet and its people. The Consumer Goods Forum is a CEO-led organization that helps the world's retailers and consumer goods manufacturers to collaborate alongside other key stakeholders to secure consumer trust and drive positive change. As I'm currently out of the office on maternity leave, for this month's episode, I'll be leaving you in the hands of a very special guest host. Enjoy. Thanks, Louise. Hi, everyone. My name is Madeline Vanderheide and I'm also on the communications team at the CGF. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Lynn Edison, the Managing Director of Retail and Consumer Practice at Alvarez and Marcel. And she's going to share with us some insights about how consumers have responded to the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. So today, I want to speak with you about a recent report that came out of Alvarez and Marcel. This recent report, The Shape of Retail, Consumers and the New Normal, surveyed 6,000 consumers in six European countries, the United Kingdom, Spain, Germany, Italy, France, and Switzerland. What can you tell us about how consumer behavior has changed during the pandemic? Well, I think it's really interesting. You know, this pandemic and the impact it's had on us as consumers has been quite incredible. You know, the way in which we interact with our friends, our families, the way we shop, the way we socialize, the way we communicate, pandemics affected us all in our behaviors and the way in which we we operate. I think what's quite interesting is um, from the research, um, there's three clear trends that have come out. The first one is the focus on essential. And I guess to some, it's not surprising that two thirds of consumers across Europe now are planning to spend less on non-essential purchases. And there's been a rapid acceleration and shift to online purchasing with four out of 10 consumers indicating that they've purchased products online for the first time that they would have normally purchased in store. And I think what's also very interesting is that us as consumers have readjusted our expectations from a shopping perspective. You know, in-store safety now being a true priority, overriding price, choice and experience. We've seen that there are variances by country, but I think it's quite clear that consumers across Europe are really worried about, you know, the dip in asset values, job security, level of household debt. Um, and this has really had an impact. You know, at the end of the day, we're all consumers. So I think if we just take, took a few minutes to reflect on how we've changed as well, I think we'd all um, admit that we've changed to a certain degree during the past few months. So this idea of changing consumer behaviors is really important, especially for retailers and manufacturers to understand, because as we're serving the consumers, we want to make sure we understand what they need Um, especially in this context. And this was something that was talked about a lot in the recent virtual knowledge series hosted by the CGF, where, you know, the same ideas are being discussed. And one thing that came up quite frequently, which is also in your report, is measuring consumer confidence and fear and how that plays into, into their behaviors. Why is that important? Why is measuring confidence or understanding consumer confidence important? 
it's a good question around consumer confidence. Um, COVID-19 has devastated the consumer confidence and there's a direct correlation between consumer confidence and the performance of the retail sector. You know, fears about health, personal finances and job security have undermined households' propensity to spend and that's been reflected in the performance we see in retail today. And across the UK, Germany, Spain, Italy, France and Switzerland, you know, it's clear that consumers have cut back on spending on non-essential products and the consumer confidence really has, has hit hard there. And, you know, every day when we read in the media, we see the impact of that in the news that we read on retail and the performance of the retail sector. That makes perfect sense. And I think you're, you're hitting on a key point saying that when you read in the media about how much impact COVID has had on the consumer goods industry, it does affect your, your outlook as a consumer. Did you learn anything about consumer behavior during this unique time that surprised you? I think what has surprised me um, was the speed in which consumers switched to online trading across all age groups and across all European countries. Now, obviously, we all expected online to have a, a, you know, an increase in performance as, as stores and physical stores were closed. But I think what's in, interesting is, you know, I've worked in retail for over 25 years and I've never seen such a fundamental shift in consumer behavior in such a short period of time. You know, COVID-19 has forced retailers to change their operating models and accelerate digital capabilities that at a speed that without that, the fight for survival would have taken numerous years and significant investment. Us as consumers have really become demanding for online. And, and I think that caught many um, retailers by surprise. Interestingly, as I mentioned earlier, four in 10 consumers across Europe um, said they purchased something online for the first time that they would have previously bought in store. Um, what is interesting is that if you look at some of the countries like Italy and Spain that you know, pre-coronavirus were relatively immature in online retail um, adoption rates, you know, that proportion of consumers that have purchased online for the first time rose to 55%. So a huge shift in such a short period of time. The other area that um, is interesting for me and, and did surprise to some degree was around in the grocery sector. Um, you know, at the start of coronavirus, we saw some countries um, experience significant amount of panic buying consumers. And what was interesting was, um, whilst traditionally, you know, we've seen consumers with strong brand lo loyalty, they soon shifted. And what happened was um, consumers were happy to shop at any grocery store as long as they could get a click and collect or an online delivery order. Um, and that was a significant change in, in behaviors. And also in terms of the brands that people were purchasing, you know, people were happy to purchase what was available as opposed to their favorite brands and also very heavily influenced by pack size. So looking at large um, pack size of a product that would last them um, during the pandemic. So the grocery sector for me also caught me by surprise. I think what is interesting also is that I guess the things that didn't surprise us, which was the, the shift to, to online, and also the shift in terms of expenditure and the, the focus on really food and health. Um, the impact of this clearly um, has had an impact on discretionary purchase categories like apparel, electricals and homewares. 
and indeed across the European countries that we surveyed, 61% of customers agreed that they prioritised their spending on essentials since the coronavirus outbreak. I guess that the degree of that, you could argue, is also a surprise with you know, Italy, France and Spain, over 75% of consumers um, saying that they would really reprioritise their spend. I think an interesting point that you just made, you know, we talk about supply and demand and you just said that consumers were demanding certain things from, from, from the retailers, the click and collect and the, and the online delivery and the online shopping. And especially when the grocery stores aren't open, these are the only options that are available. So, you know, retailers have had to shift quite a bit to be able to meet these needs. From the research, what takeaways can you share with us about how retailers can continue to meet consumers' needs, but also whether the, the uncertain future of retail? Well, I think what's really interesting is that, you know, for many years, we've always spoken about the consumer being important in retail, and quite clearly today, never has the consumer been more important. One thing I would stress to all retailers and consumer goods companies is to put yourselves in the shoes of the consumer. You know, think about what's important today versus, um, you know, the beginning of this year. One of the overriding priorities for shoppers is safety. Um, and it's quite clear that that's above that of convenience, price and choice, which are those, you know, three key areas that we would have traditionally focused on. Social distancing and high levels of in-store hygiene are now the new norm. And in the in-store environment, you know, again, think about the environment, think about the consumer and think about their safety. It's, it can be quite intimidating, actually, when you were first walk into a store um, and, you know, we're now in a situation where we've got black and yellow um, hazard tape marked out on the floors and showing us one-way systems. Uh, we've got narrow walkways, lifts and escalators in stores. Um, you know, really, the retailers need to think about how do we adapt to that, that environment um, and what's going to make the shopping experience more accessible and easy for customers thinking about their personal safety, particularly those who've got children when shopping with them. The third area for me I think is important is about service. Um, customer service, you know, in-store or online, the service levels should be consistent across all consumer touch points as more people are going to be interacting online and digitally. And the other point I would emphasize is about customer experience. Retailers spend millions a year um, to optimize the in-store customer experience as a way to drive footfall and um, really make sure that you know, customers have an ex uh, a fantastic experience within their brand. Within a matter of weeks, we saw a rapid shift of in-store experience. And I think it's really important to recognize this will impact different consumer groups in different ways. So for example, if you take the younger customer groups like the Gen Zs and the millennials, you know, they truly value physical retail space and what it means from a, from a socializing and product discovery perspective. You know, they like to be able to touch and feel product um, and experience the product in stores. And your older customers, you know, they really highly value interpersonal interaction while shopping and the support that they may get. So I think, you know, what is important here is it, it's all about safety, but it's all about making sure that the service and the experience that retailers are providing to, to consumers in the stores is really important. One point I would just finish on on that is that, you know, the winners of tomorrow are going to be those that really reimagine the customer journey. Um, you know, the use of technology such as augmented reality um, and digital interaction to enhance the overall experience will really make sure that you know, those are the retailers that are able to engage with consumers of tomorrow 
um, and build trust, new trusted relationships with them. We've seen the rapid adoption of technology across all age groups in the last few weeks. And I think that's really an important area for retailers to focus on. I like this term that you've used, uh, the winners of tomorrow and the consumers of tomorrow. We're, we're very concerned about how things are going with COVID and how it's impacted our industry. But you know, we've also been talking a lot about how collaboration is one of the key ways to, to remedy that and to address it. What role do you think organizations like the CGF that are built on collaboration can play in creating the new normal and building back better? Well, I think there's a couple of things actually um, that are important and I see as a, a really great opportunity for, for company, um, organizations like the Consumer Goods Forum. One is, first of all, facilitating opportunities for Consumer Goods Forum members to meet companies like ourselves, Alvarez and Marcel, to leverage operational and transformational expertise we have to help them adopt um, new ways of working and adapt their business models at speed. I think the second thing is around partnerships. And you know, we, what we have seen over the last few weeks is retailers partnering with companies who are offering computing, distribution, logistics, uh, payroll, and many other functions to enable these organizations to be able to adapt at speed, boost their capacity, and be able to manage the amount of demand that is now being put upon them. Partnerships and collaborations from our perspective are likely to assume um, you know, the form of uh, mutually beneficial retailer tie-ups um, as we go forward. For example, you know, retailers looking to reposition their product proposition to attract new customers. So for example, you know, Next and Amazon are good examples of where retailers can partner with them, um, improve logistics um, through to the efficient final mile delivery. You know, how many um, brands have we seen over the last few weeks that are now working with Deliveroo, Uber Eats, et cetera, to, to ensure that they can still get the product to the consumer. And I think one of the other important areas where um, you know, retailers may not necessarily have the experience um, or you know, consumer brands companies may not necessarily have the experience is around big data and using insights to really drive um, new product development, optimize intelligent use of retail space, and whether that's shelf space in the supermarket or whether that's actual physical space um, of a store. I think there are you know, a variety of ways in which the Consumer Goods Forum can help um, members um, facilitate partnerships and provide some support in that respect. What's really important though is that you know consumer goods companies do feel that they've got the support to help them pivot their business models to meet the needs of the new consumer. You know, consumers will have more conviction over their new needs and wants more than they've ever had. And I think you know really making sure that there's a conscious framework which delineates their expectations um, of retailers and the kind of relationships they want from them. So continued inspiration and innovation is critical. And I think if the Consumer Goods Forum can help provide that, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much, Lynn. Now, one last question for you. Uh, in this unprecedented time, what keeps you inspired looking towards the future? In terms of what keeps me inspired looking to the future and how we stay inspired in retail, it's a good question. Um, because we all read every week as we open the newspapers or we read online uh, about the death of retail. But I think what's clearly been demonstrated over the last few months is that retail's not dead, it's just in a different phase of evolution. What we have seen is, yes, a decline in brick and mortar stores and store performance, which is inevitable as you know, we've had experienced significant closures. But 
consumers still want to spend. And online is now the way forward for retailers to ensure that they interact with their customers and give them the service, the experience and the products that they want. And what's happened is the consumers have demanded such a rapid pace of change over the last few weeks, then, you know, it really is inspiring for me as a, you know, as a retail professional of what the future holds for us. At no point have we seen um, consumers shift in such a rapid pace, but it's actually shifting and in fact growing at a pace greater than expected online. You know, many shoppers appear pragmatic about the immediate state of retail, accepting various restrictions and a protracted customer experience in lieu of safety. But what that means is that retail's still there, it just means that the shopper missions have fundamentally changed. Consumers are more cautious. Um, but if retailers and brands can adapt the business models and consumers are able to continue to overcome some initial barriers they may have to shopping online, what's really inspiring for me is that this is going to engage with a result in estimated 13.6 billion euros of additional online sales across Europe in 2020. So for me, you know, this is just the next evolution of retail and I'm quite looking forward to seeing how this lands as we move forward over the next 12 to 18 months. Well, thank you so much for ending on such a positive note. I think I really share your, your same um, enthusiasm and curiosity about what the future will hold, but based on what you've shared with us today, it's definitely going to be very interesting. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, your report is available online for us to read and we're looking forward to hearing more. Yes, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we really look forward to working much more closely with the Consumer Goods Forum um, over the next few months and supporting you where, where needed to help retailers and con consumer brands, companies, and make sure they are fit for the future. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you would like to find out more about our work at the Consumer Goods Forum, you can visit our website at www.theconsumergoodsforum.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to the podcast for more episodes coming very soon. Thank you for listening and bye for now.